return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Wednesday I talked about um, how the victory is ours, and I talked about even before the battle starts, how the Lord has already given us the victory through the cross. And I think that's an important message, because a lot of times we struggle with things in life, and um, we we feel like there's no hope that that whatever we do is going to not matter. Um, But Jesus said that, you are if you're if you're of God, you are in me, and, and you have overcome the world. Amen. amen. And so, as believers through Jesus, Amen, we have overcome the world. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. So, we talked about how we have victory when when the Lord says you have the victory. We're going to revisit some verses today, but one of the verses we went through was when uh, when David fought the Philistines and and. The moment that David had the victory wasn't when the battle was fought and won, but the moment that David had the victory was when when the Lord said, go up against them, I will deliver them into your hands. That was the moment, that was the actual moment where they had the victory, where they they knew that we're going to win, where we have the victory in this battle. And we all go through battles, amen. We all go through things in life that um, are not fun. We go through storms and different things that um, can be hard. Some harder than others. And we go through uh, things in life that hurt us. You know, that whether it's emotionally or physically or spiritually. You know, and so it's important to know that um, we have an advocate for us who is Jesus. Who's always praying for us. Who's continually interceding for us. Um, for victory. Amen. And like I said on Wednesday, Jesus has already given us the victory through the cross. So it's not a question of if we win. But it's a question of how do we approach the battles that happen in our life. Amen. Because, again, we have multiple battles against an enemy. Amen. And so we've gotten the victory. Jesus said that, um, you know, I've I've taken victory over death, hell, and the grave. You know, and so even in death, Christians have the victory through Jesus Christ. So it's not about having the victory, but it's about how do we fight the battles. Amen. Um, Because we still have to fight the battle. We still have to gear up. Amen. Uh, on Wednesday, I likened it to a baseball player who hits a home run for the go-ahead score in the bottom of the ninth inning. And once the home run is hit, the victory is a foregone conclusion, right? Once the home run is hit and they're up in the scoreboard, 
then they've won the game. But what does the runner have to do? He still has to go around all the bases, and he still has to hit home plate. Amen? And, um, you know, the batter has to touch home plate to register the victory. So he's already won it. He's, he can see that the score is going to change. He's already hit the two-run homer to win the game. But he still needs to do the work to run around the bases and get to home. Amen? And in life, we still have to fight the battles that we've claimed through Jesus Christ. Amen? So we claim it. We receive it. We receive what his word says. We have faith that his word is true. But we still do the work. We still put an effort, amen, in this life. We don't want to just sit around um, like we're in a waiting room, waiting to go to the doctor's office, waiting to go to the next step of, you know, in, into eternity, amen, and not do anything. I mean, we, we want to be active Christians. You know, faith is an act. You know, to put, to put forth our faith, we have to put action behind it, amen? Now, whenever there's a battle, it means there's an enemy. Amen. We don't battle against uh, nothing. If there's no enemy, there's no battle. Amen. So we do have an enemy, and I know a lot of us know this, but it's good to continue to hear John 10:10. 10, 10. Amen. It says, "The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they might have it more abundantly." And so the thief is Satan. Satan comes to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we have life. And I love, I love that, that distinction. That, you know, they're, they're opposites, but they're not equal. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes that we ha- may have life. So they're opposites, but Jesus is so much higher than Satan is. He's, he's so much greater than our enemy. Amen. The army around us is so much greater than the army around the, uh, around the enemy. Amen that we can have the victory, that we have overcome. And the devil is there to ruin our life. Right? You know, and I think this is something that, that isn't talked about a lot. Um, you know, in this church, we, we do talk about it just as far as how we do have an adversary. And we do have, we're, we're not just pushing against people or things aren't just happening due to happenstance or um, God isn't doing things to us to hurt us or to teach us a lesson, anything like that, but we do have an adversary. And 1 Peter 5.8 says that we have one who is the devil who walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's going to try to devour those that are distracted. He's not going to try to, you know, it's like a, it's like a lion in the jungle. You know, if, if, the, the, if the prey is aware and, and, and they're, you know, they're not going to let the lion get them, right, devour them, I mean, the lion's going to have a tougher time for one, and two, after a while, the lion's going to give up. But if, if the prey is unsuspecting, that's an easier catch for the lion. Amen? So it's, so it's important to know that we have an adversary, and it's important to be alert and aware, amen, that if we let him, he will enter our life. If we let him, he will cause havoc on our life. But we have um, Jesus Christ, who we can use, we can use the word, amen, we can use the word of God, to go against, to come against whatever Satan wants to do in our life. If you're ready for the battle, you know, through putting on the armor of God, it's going to be harder for Satan to come against you. Not because of us, but because of the one who lives in us. Remember I talked about on on Wednesday just how we put on the whole armor of God. We don't put on our own armor. The Lord has a custom-made armor for us to go against the wiles of the devil. Amen. The Bible says we're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. 
So again, when we take the onus off of us, and it's like, well, I'm not going to use my power or my strength or my authority, it's actually almost easier. Because then it's like, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to trust in myself. I can't do this by myself. Amen. Even speaking, you know, um, just to a group of people, that's something that, um, based on my personality, I shouldn't be able to do. But I know it's the Lord speaking through me. I know it's God's grace that's helping me do this. And maybe there's something in your life. Maybe you've been called to do something that you know that you're called to do, and you feel like, well, I just can't do that. And that's not my personality. I'm not that type of a person. But I tell you what, if God has called you to do it, he will give you the grace to complete it. Amen. Amen. Whatever work he started in you, he's faithful to complete that work. And it's a good work. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm not saying that every time we face a difficult situation, so we, we do have an adversary, but I'm not saying that every difficult situation we face, that Satan's trying to attack us directly. But when sin entered the world through Adam, it was a perfect and sinless world. Sin entered the world, and Satan was a part of the sin. I mean, he, he was the one who deceived Adam and Eve. Amen. So through Satan, sin entered the world. Amen. And it became an imperfect and a sinful world. And so negative things that happen are ultimately attributed through sin to Satan. Because we live in an imperfect world, things that happen aren't always going to be good. Matthew 10.22 says, You will be hated by all, um, by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Amen. And I want this to be, this is an uplifting message, and maybe that will come later. But I do want to just, I just want to let, uh, I want to lay the groundwork for how we can, how we defeat the enemy. You know, how, how do we approach battles? And so, it's not going to be easy, but, amen, by the grace of God, we do get through life. We do get through life. And, you know, when, when Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that you may have life more abundantly, he's not just talking about a long life, but he's talking about a good quality of life. He wants our quality of life to be really good. Amen. amen. But being, Christian, being a Christian isn't just a game. It isn't just something that, a label that we stick on ourselves and we say, well, I'm a Christian, but then go out and do what we want to do throughout the week. Amen. We don't want to just play Christian in our lives. We don't want to just come to church every Sunday and, and sit here and, um, and be really good on Sunday and, and treat everybody with respect and really nice, but then the ne- other six days of the week go out and live like sin, right? Amen. We want to show it in our actions. You know, people are going to watch our feet. People are going to watch what we put on social media. I mean, especially now you hear of stories of people being fired from their jobs or not getting a job just because their employer can now look them up on Facebook, look them up on Twitter, amen, see what, uh, see what they've been posting. You know, you have now, too, employers going back years into people's past on Twitter and Facebook, seeing what was posted. You know, and so for Christians, it's important that if we're going to witness to people, if we're going to witness to the lost, we don't want to act like one of the lost. Amen. If we want to witness to people that um, need Jesus, amen, the Bible says that our lives should be in order. We want our lives to be in order. Amen. We want to walk boldly as Christians, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only is that what we're called to do, but we're going to be better equipped to deal with the adversity in our lives. Amen. So I don't know if, how many have maybe you know, had a period of time where they didn't, didn't, they didn't read, you didn't pray. Maybe it was a week, maybe it was two weeks, maybe it was a month. 
and by the end of the month, it's like you just kind of you're beaten. Life is kind of taking you down. And it's like I wonder. I was doing so great like a month ago. Well, it's because we want, need to get in the Bible. We need to get our armor on. We need to keep it on. Amen. And we're getting, I mean, the Bible says we're going to be moving into perilous times. And, and in America, we are moving into perilous times. In other countries, perilous times have been for years and years. Amen. But as we move into these times, it's important to be equipped. It's important to equip ourselves with the Word of God. When we realize it's all about God's grace towards us and not about what we've done, we walk in a greater victory. Let's go to Romans 8.35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. And so Paul's asking the question, when, when we go through adversity, does that mean Jesus doesn't love us? When we go through these things, does that mean that he is gone? He is away from us? No, it doesn't. It means that, you know, also doesn't mean that God put us through these things. No, it doesn't. Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So, if, if the Lord put us through these things, through famine or persecution or distress or peril, tribulation, if he puts us through these things, then it's a contradiction for him to say in Romans 8.37 that yet in these things we are more than conquerors. He's not going to put us in a situation just so that we can conquer the situation. Amen. But when things come up, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. God doesn't put us through these things, but he sees us through these things. Amen. I, I um, had a sermon a while back just about how we have, you know, at the end of our life, we look back and there's one path. You know, we, we, as we go through life, we see maybe forks in the road and we can go one way or another. But at the end of our life, we've chosen one path and it's a straight path. And through that path, we'll see that there's fires, and there's battles, and there might be storms that happen in life. Amen? And I, I, I see it as God isn't, he's not, he's not holding our hand and dragging us along. He's like, ooh, here's a fire. Let's test him and pulling us through the fire. No, but what happens? Maybe we'll see a fire coming up. We'll see a storm that's ahead of us. And the Lord says, hold on, we're going to, you know. This storm is, is going to happen. Just hold on to me. And I'm gonna get, we're going to get through this storm together. And we're going to get through this together. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He always loves us. Amen. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we have the victory by grace through faith in Jesus. And really the key to being able to fight the battles is the grace that we receive from Jesus. Amen. And it's different from the old, uh, old Covenant, the Old Testament, because Jesus hadn't come yet. So how Israelites, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see, um, you know, you'll hear people talk about, well, this is what the Lord did in the Old Testament. Why isn't he, the Lord never changes. Yeah, the Lord never changes, but a covenant does. Amen. The covenant with God changed. Amen. And so we can't just look back at the Old Testament and say, okay, well, this is what happened, so we're just going to apply it to our life. And we look at what did, when Jesus came on the earth and what he taught, and after he died and rose from the dead, we, we use that as a guideline of, okay, how do I handle this problem? How is the Lord going to help me and work with me through this problem? 
Amen. So how the Israelites dealt with adversity in the Old Covenant is different than how we deal with it in the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, people would go through adversity, usually as a result of their own wickedness. And when they came back to God, he would deliver them out of their adversity. So let's just quick go to Judges 3. And we'll kind of see um, just a couple examples of, of how this happened. So Judges, Judges 3, 7 through 9. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and, and the Asherahs. And therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of Cushan um, Rashathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Cushan Rishathaim eight years. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. Othaniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. And if we go later on in Judges 12, so just three verses later, it says, and the, Israel, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon, and Amalek went on and defeated Israel and took possession of the city. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, a left-handed man, I, don't, I really don't know what has, that has to do with anything. Um, I don't know what the Lord's saying there. I'm left-handed, so. Uh, I guess it means left-handers can be in leadership, right? right? That's how I take it. By him, the children of Israel sent tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. So we see in the Old Testament that, that whenever the children of Israel, because of the covenant, because the covenant was a covenant of law, right, and... and um, and the, the covenant recognized the sin and then more than the righteousness, this is how things had to be dealt with in the Old Testament. In the Old Covenant, this was the Old Covenant. So you sin, you get punished right then and there. And so you see, you know, and this, these aren't this just the two, the two times, but you see Israel turning away, completely turning away from God. It's not like they're just, you're like, oops, I made a mistake. No, they completely turned away from God. They didn't want anything to do with them. And you see the Lord delivered them into the hands of their enemies. And then they cried out and said, Lord, we're sorry. We didn't mean it. Take us back. And the Lord said, okay, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to give you grace. But the new covenant is a covenant of grace. Amen. Amen. And so even when Jesus came to earth, you know, the Bible says that, that um, there was no more animosity between God and man. That there's only goodwill between God and man. And so even from that point, God was no longer upset. He no longer arouses anger against people. Amen. Under the new covenant, it's a covenant of grace. And he's, he's long-suffering. The Bible says that, that love is patient. Love is long-suffering. We know God is love. So even towards us, we might make a mistake and, and we feel like hellfire and brimstone should just come down and rain on us. But the Lord says, no, I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm going to give you a third chance. I know you can do this right. Amen. In a relationship, so we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In a relationship, there's trust, right? If you just think of a relationship with your spouse or your kids or whoever, there, there should be trust. If it's a good relationship, there's trust. I trust 
my wife, Angeline, she trusts me. Amen. Works the same way with the Holy Spirit. We trust the Holy Spirit to do everything in our life. Amen. We trust the Holy Spirit to know everything about us. We trust him to help us in every situation that we need help with. And he trusts us to make good decisions. Amen. He knows we're going to mess up. He knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end, but he still trusts us. Amen. If I, you know, if my if my son loves to, you know, I don't know, run outside in the snow in his underwear. And he just loves doing it and I say, "Don't do it. I love you. I I'm going to give you a second chance not to do it." But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, he's going to do it. But sometimes that's how the Lord is with us. And he, he knows, he gives, he gives us opportunities to, um, to do righteousness, to be righteous. Amen. He gives us opportunities to, to perform acts of righteousness. Amen. But we all, we all do mess up. We're li- we live in a fallen world. We're human. I mean, there's only one perfect person in, in the Bible, and his name was Jesus. Amen. And so we do mess up, but he is there under this new covenant of grace. And so we still turn to God, but now we have the authority through Jesus Christ to speak to our problems. Amen. Amen. Which we'll talk about a little later. And we deal with adversity through the grace of God. That's how we, that's how we handle things that come up. That's how we fight the battles that we face, is through God's grace. Because we know we can't do it on our own. Amen. So we need God's grace to fight these battles. And he gives us the grace to deal with adversity. Amen. We know that Jesus had the victory already over death, hell, and the grave, but we still deal with things in our life. Amen. But first, you know, in any battle, you want to have a strategy. In any, you know, in anything that you do, and if you play a sport or, you know, if, if you're serious about, you know, anything like that, you have a strategy. It's, what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? Amen. And so in battles that we have, we want to have a strategy. Amen. And we do. Our, our number one thing is relying on the Lord, trusting in the Lord to give us that strategy. And the way we get our strategy is reaching out to God, humbling ourselves before God. James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. So that's the first step. Is If we want to you know, continue to win battles and, and, and stand up against the enemy, the first thing we do is humble ourselves before the, before the Lord. I mean, he likes that. He likes when we humble ourselves. He wants us to know that, one, that, that um, we need him, and two, that he loves us and he's there for us. And it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And if we deal with one form of adversity multiple times, we may have to change our strategy. You know, so Satan, he, he might attack us, in one place, and then it'll be a little little while, and it'll do some different things, and it'll come back to that same area to see, have they grown in this area? <laughs> Can I attack them? Can I get through this time? Amen? Hallelujah. And we do have different strategies. Um, a while back, Audrey Mack was here, and she talked on um, kind of somewhat um, the same type of thing, and in, in one battle, maybe maybe you get a bad report, and you're praying to the Lord, like, what what do I do? I'm, you know, I'm praising you. What needs to happen? And you just get a word like joy. And so he just wants you to just praise him, just have joy. You know, no matter how hard it is, have joy. And you recover from that. Well, maybe the next time you get the same report. And it's like, you know, if you think to yourself, you're like, well, I'm just going to have joy. 
it worked last time, so I'm just going to have joy. Amen. It's good to have joy, but maybe there's a different strategy that needs to be imposed. Amen. And that's why it's important that no matter, no matter what worked the last time, it's not a formula. There's no formula to it. Amen. But the Lord deals with it on a case-by-case basis. So, again, we get the same report, the same thing happens. The first thing we need to do is humble ourselves before the Lord. Amen. Humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, what, do I, what can I do? What should I do? And maybe he'll, he'll give you a verse that says, you know, just rest in me. So maybe the strategy is, okay, I'm just going to rest in the Lord. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to, um, you know, stay calm. I'm going to do this. You know, so every situation, it might require something a little different. And I talked about this again on, uh, on Wednesday, but we're going to look at a different part of the verse. So let's go to 2 Samuel 5, 17. I feel like I bring this verse up every time I speak. I just, I just love um, what happens here. In verse 17, now when uh, the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and departed them, or deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the, Philist- uh, the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And so we talked about that was the moment of victory, right? When, when the Lord said, I'm going to deliver them into your hand, that was the moment of victory. And the Lord said to David, Oh, just said that. Verse 20, So David went to Baal-perazim, and, defe- and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. Amen. So David fought the Philistines in the valley, and God told him to go up the, uh, against the Philistines, and they were defeated. And if we just go two verses, so 2 Samuel 5, 19, uh, 5, 22 to 23. So again, the Philistines went up and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So we see it's the same valley. It's the same circumstance. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come up uh, upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you and strike the uh, camp of the Philistines. And David did so, and as the Lord had commanded, and he drove back the Philistines from uh, Jeba as far as Gezer. And so we see, again, it's the same circumstance. It looks, like, it looks like the same battle, doesn't it? They're in the valley of Rephaim. And, and, but what was important about what happened? David inquired of the Lord again. What if he would have just assumed, I'm just going to go up against them again. I'm just going to do it, and the Lord's going to deliver it, because that's what he did last time. I don't think it would have went too well for David and his army. But the, the wisdom came in David, in David looking at it. It looks like the same situation. looks like the same battle. Amen. The same officers, the same lieutenants. But David said, Lord, what should I do? How should, what, what strategy, strategy should I deploy this time? And maybe, maybe he expected the Lord to say, yeah, just go up against them again and I'll deliver them. But no, the Lord had a different strategy. You know, and Satan's not dumb. Satan's smart. So when, if he attacks us in an area and we come against him and, and he's defeated, he's probably not going to attack in the same way. He's going to be ready maybe for what the Holy Spirit had for him last time. Amen. And so when we, when we 
when we inquire of the Lord and seek the Lord, amen, the devil has no idea. The devil can't even guess what's going to happen. Amen? And Satan, you know, it's the, the old term, the last act of a, de- a desperate man. Satan is desperate. He knows that his time is short. Amen? So as we even go through, you know, just from now up until when Jesus does come back, there are going to be more attacks. There are going to be more things. And that's why it's important to be in, our word, be in the Word, to be in our Bibles, amen, to pray, to, to fellowship together. The Bible says in the last days, meet, meet together more as the time approaches. Assemble together more as the time approaches. Amen. And so we see that there are certain strategies that we can use, amen, um, for the battles that we face. And see, God gives us the grace through the Holy Spirit in the New Covenant to discern what to do when uh, adversity comes our way. Again, it may be the same valley, and it's definitely the same adversary, but it's a different battle that requires a different strategy. Amen? We just need to know which ones to deploy. That that discernment can only come from the Holy Spirit. I mean, he'll help you discern. He'll help you um, to gauge what needs to happen. Maybe Maybe it is. Maybe you need to have joy in one situation. Maybe that's kind of the emphasis. Maybe the next is peace, another battle you're going to face. And the Lord just says, just rest in me, have peace. Amen. Whatever it is, though, just know that the Lord will surely bring you through it. I love that phrase where he says, um, the Lord has come, gone before me to break through my enemies like the breakthrough of water. I love that. Have you ever thrown, if it's been raining, thrown a baseball? How much does the water impact the velocity of the baseball? Not very much. Amen? But the Lord will break through like breakthrough of water. Let's go to Hebrews 4.14. Amen. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus knows everything that we're going to go through and how to strategize against those things. So we run to him for help. Amen. He says, it says that we don't have a high priest who, priest who cannot sympathize. That means we do have a high priest who can sympathize, sympathize. Amen. Whatever we're going through, he can sympathize. He knows what we're going through. Remember, Jesus was tempted just like we're tempted. Amen. He went through hurts and pains physical and, and, and emotional and spiritual, just as we go through. Everything that, everything that we've ever experienced, he's already, he's already beaten it on the cross. I mean, he's already taken it down. And God does give us the grace to discern those things. It's not unattainable. Sometimes I feel like, wow, this is just impossible. How, this, how am I going to get through this? You know, maybe, maybe it's with the finances. Maybe you're, you're feeling like you just have... You have more uh, month than money. You know, your money runs out at the 25th. <laughs> and it seems like how, you know, you're doing everything you can. Maybe you're working two jobs or whatever you're doing. But the Lord, if we trust the Lord, I mean, he provides. He is our provider. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. According to his riches and glory, all of our needs are met. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important to recognize that while we are still dependent on God, we still have to be the ones to exercise the wisdom and authority. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, 
through 10, and I'm going to close shortly here. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my affirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in, in affirmities and reproaches, in needs and persecution and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. And so we notice again that, that the, buffet, the buffeter is a messenger from Satan. Amen. And again, I want to hit this point home that we do have an adversary, and he's going to try to buffet us. Amen. But the one who lives in us is greater than the one that's in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, in this example, you know, and Paul is saying, you know, he said he pleaded with the Lord three times that it made apart from him. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. What was he saying? My grace is sufficient for you to deal with it. Amen. My grace is sufficient for you to take authority over this thing. My grace is sufficient for you to defeat the enemy. Amen. Yeah, we do it through Jesus, but he gave us the authority. And that's what part of the grace that we received from God is that power and the authority over the enemy. Matthew 28, 18 says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, in verse 19 it says, Therefore go out. So what does that mean? Because the power and authority has been given to him, amen, and he's saying, so therefore you can go out. What is he saying? He's saying there's been a transfer of power from him to us. If you go to Ephesians 1.19, uh, verse, uh, 23, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? Far above all principality and power, and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. How many know our body isn't just our head? Amen. The Lord is the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the body. But the same, the veins and everything all interconnect. The same blood flow that goes to the brain goes through our body. Amen. So the same power and the authority as Jesus as the head of the church, as the head of the body, goes and gets released down to the rest of the body. And we are the rest of the body. We are the body of Christ. Amen. It says we're one body, we're members individually, but the same power and the same authority is interconnected with Christians around the world. Amen. Doesn't matter what denomination we're from. It doesn't matter what, what uh, language we speak. If we love Jesus, we're a part of the body of Christ. Amen? We're all interconnected. Thank you, Jesus. And we need to exercise that. If we go to Acts 3, verse 6, Peter said, Silver and gold I do not, excuse me, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, amen, what I have, I give to you. He didn't say what my Lord has, 
He said, no, what I have, gives, I give to you. I'm going to give it to you in Jesus' name. So when he said I, it was, he was saying, I've got, I, I have the authority through Jesus Christ. You're going to be healed, not by me, <coughs> excuse me, but by the one who lives in me. Amen. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So Peter had the authority through the name of Jesus to tell the lame man to get up and walk. We need to know who we are in Jesus when we're saved. Amen. These are things that we can do when we're saved. Amen. When we're, when we're a believer. Amen. Bible says, And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. But who's doing the work? They. You. Amen. We have the authority. We have the victory in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we're a new creature in Christ. Verse 21 says that we're now the righteousness of God in Christ. And then when we become a new creature, we are now the righteousness. And to be the righteousness, if we're, if we're righteous, have, you know, if somebody's self-righteous, they're only, they're only righteous themselves. They, they only affect themselves. When we're the righteousness, amen, Bill Vanderbush spoke on this, I don't know, years ago, probably eight, nine years ago now. But when we're the righteousness, the righteousness, it, it it, it permeates around the room. Amen. We can be righteous for Jesus, and we can show righteousness. Amen. And that's what I was talking about earlier, about, you know, people are going to watch our feet. People are going to watch our actions. Amen. We want to make sure that we're, we're dealing with things in the right way. We're dealing with things according to the Word of God. It's not enough just to read the Bible once, or just to hear one sermon about it, and think, you know, we're never going to be persuaded otherwise. Amen. We have to hold on to what the Word says. Hold on to what Jesus says. Amen. And, and because our adversary will constantly tell us that we're wrong and that we aren't who God says we are, he even said to Jesus, if you're the Son of God. When he tested him in the wilderness, he would say, if you are the Son of God. He's trying to question his identity. He's trying to doubt, get Jesus to doubt his identity. And that's what he's going to try to do with us. He wants us to doubt who we are. He wants us to doubt the authority that we've been given. He doesn't want us to go around healing the sick. Amen. He doesn't want us to go, go around um, toppling all of his strongholds in our life. He doesn't, he, wants, he doesn't want us to be financially well. He doesn't want us to be mentally well or physically well. Amen. Let's go to the last verse here quick. Hebrews 10:19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. You know, in verse 22 it says that we draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In full assurance. We can be fully assured that the victory is won through Jesus. We can be fully assured that the battles that we face, that we can go and we can get, we can get um, wisdom and revelation from the Holy Spirit to go through that battle. Amen. To deal with that storm. Amen. And so today, I just, I just pray in, in the name of Jesus that, that because you're, go, you're going to face storms in this week. 
I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to face something in this week that is maybe adverse to what you want to happen. And when you do, I challenge you, go to the Lord first. It's easy. I mean, I do it. I do it too. It's so easy to say, well, this isn't big. I can deal with this. This isn't a big deal. Amen. It's, it's easy to say, oh, this is just a small thing. But no, the Lord wants us to come to him in every situation, in every battle. Amen. Even if it, even if it looks like the battle can be won on my own, I can, I can get through this problem by myself. I, I challenge you just to go to the Lord. And he will give you wisdom. He will give you peace about what you need to do. And quite honestly, there might be a lot of times where you, you go to him and you're like, wow, I didn't think about that. Or you might have one strategy that you want to deploy and you go to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says, ah, you should do this. This is going to be the best way to, to win this battle. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you are equipping your saints right now. Right now you are equipping us to go out and do the work of the ministry, Lord. Hallelujah. We know it's not going to be easy. We know it's not going to be, um, uh, we know it's going to be difficult. Or maybe not all the time it's going to be fun. But Father, we thank you that we can rely on you, that you are for us and not against us. That you never leave us or forsake us. That you are always with us, always praying for us, interceding for us, always carrying us to the finish line. And Father, we thank you so much. And I just pray just as everybody goes about their week today, or that you bless them with wisdom. Lord, whoever asks for wisdom, or whoever lacks wisdom, let them ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And so we just thank you for that. But I declare a blessing on everybody here today, in the name of Jesus, that you bless their finances, you bless their relationships, you bless their, their, their health in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for perfect reports. Any doctor's visits that are coming up, Lord, we thank you for perfect reports in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you all the praise and all the glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net. Or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.